You're listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Well, hey, everybody. It is Melanie Mitro, the host of the Women Inspiring Women podcast. And today we're going to talk about managing your motivation. Friends, this podcast episode was actually inspired by a fitness trainer. Many of you may know who she is, especially if you are in the body world or if you've ever done a Beachbody workout before. Autumn Calabrese, who is the creator of the original 21 Day Fix and literally in the month of April has relaunched the program with the with the creation of the super blocks that we are doing here at Beachbody. And so this this podcast episode is actually inspired by something she said last week while I was in Mexico on our rewards trip that the company has every single year. And one of the perks of going on these rewards trips is that you get to work out live with the trainers. Now, yes, I work out with them every single day in my basement. But there is a different energy when you are working out live and in person and when everybody in the room is pushing themselves and everybody in the room is listening to and hanging on every word that the trainer has to say. And Autumn just has a way with words. And one of the things that she said during the workout, and I'm going to misquote it, and I'm not going to say it exactly the way she did, but she said that motivation, the difference between successful and unsuccessful people is that the successful people choose to do and take action even when they don't feel motivated. And that's the difference. And I thought, wow, how true is that? Especially in our wellness, for example, there are days when we wake up in the morning and the last thing we want to do is exercise. Maybe you wake up and you're riddled with anxiety about a big deadline that is approaching and all you want to do is jump into work. But when you do a workout, it releases these feel-good endorphins. Your anxiety subsides maybe just for that moment or it helps you deal with it or maybe, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're exhausted. You got a restless night's sleep and or a long day of travel and you don't want to work out. But because you choose to work out, you have a little more energy. You feel better. Your, I don't know, just your happiness, your joy meter improves. And so a lot of times we have to discipline ourselves to take actions that we know are good for us, even when we don't feel motivated. And so when she said that, it really made me think about my business. It made me think about how over the course of almost 12 years now that I have made decision after decision, not based on what I felt motivated to do in the moment, but what I knew I needed to do in order to get me to where I was going to be. And so today we're actually going to talk about six different scenarios that can 
take you off course in your business. And we're going to talk about how do you manage your motivation? How do you manage these situations as they come up? Because let's face it, that is something that we're all going to have a challenge with at some point in our lives. And as a leader in the direct sales network marketing space, we have to learn how to manage our motivation all the time. We have to choose what is what is going to get us to the goal that we've set for ourselves over sometimes what's comfortable. A perfect example of this is I am recording this podcast episode and it's in the morning and I am having a little bit of some personal challenges right now with my health again. It seems to be this reoccurring theme for me where my adrenals just are very easily overloaded. It does not take much to overload my adrenals. And usually now I'm noticing this pattern and trend that my overloaded adrenals don't immediately hit me. It's usually about three to four weeks later. So I had some increased stress in my life in the month of March. Now I'm feeling it in April. I absolutely have zero energy. I am, when I say I'm riding the struggle bus, I am riding the struggle bus. You wouldn't know it because I'm pulling it together to do the most important things, but there's not a lot of extra inside of me right now. I'm actually thinking about, like I'm recording this at 8.30 in the morning, and I'm already thinking about when I can take my first nap. That is a very key point, and my eyes are burning, and you know I don't feel very well, and that's a really good sign of adrenal fatigue. And so I will take a nap because I know that that's the only way I'm going to heal myself is to make sure that I am doing the things for my body that I need to do. I'm getting enough sleep at night. I'm really managing, you know, my whole life at this point, but there's a lot of things I don't feel motivated to do a lot of things, but there are a lot of goals that I have in my life and in my business. And I'm going to find a way to get really laser focused on what I must do to move the needle forward, right? Even though I don't feel like it. And it takes a lot of self-awareness. Self-awareness is so key to creating change. So being aware of, I don't feel motivated. I don't want to do my work. And then saying, I don't feel like doing these things, but I'm going to have to find a way to get the most important things done. So we have to be aware of our emotions and how we're feeling and make a different choice. Because otherwise, what kills people's momentum in their business is that there's this constant start and stopping. And so we have to learn how to navigate through that in order to continue that compounding momentum in the right direction. So we're going to talk about managing your motivation today. And before I even dive into that, I just want to say this. People are going to come and go from your organization. People are going to let you down. People are going to surprise you. But you have to work harder on your mindset than any other business skill in this kind of industry. It takes, right, one skill set to build, which means it takes one skill set to acquire customers, to support customers, to create a good customer experience, to grow a following, and it takes a different skill set in order to lead it. 
And so uh, many of my listeners here on the podcast, you have a desire to grow a team. You're in the midst of growing a team. You might even be in the midst of renovating your team, meaning you've had to completely rebuild your team. Wherever you are, you're always having to manage your motivation. And there are these external factors that are constantly bombarding you and you have to be able to work through them and maintain that energy. That, my friends, that is, that's a key. That's a really important key to your success. So let's talk about managing your motivation. Scenario number one. And as I go through these, I want you to take mental note and you know, you know the rules by now, right? If something speaks to you, if you have an aha moment today, or if you listen to this podcast episode and it, you got some practical advice, I want you to take a screenshot, tag me at Melanie Mitro. And I want you to tell me what your biggest takeaway was, what your aha moment, light bulb moment was. Let me know that you are listening today. I always love to have conversations with you guys in the DMs. And I like to feature you on my stories, all right? So I appreciate when you tag me. So number one, you don't feel like doing the work. That is me this morning, this morning, okay? So for example, you're tired. It might be that time of the month. You're a little extra grumpy and irritable. It could be that the sun is shining and the neighbors are outside and your kids are in the front yard playing and you have work to do. You have a goal. Maybe it's the last day of the month and you're sitting here and the sun is shining. The kids are playing outside in the front yard. It's five o'clock and you know that you just need a few more sales or you need your team to close a few more sales for you to reach your goals, which could maybe get you one step closer to your year end goals that you're working towards, one step closer to your financial goals or rank income. And so you have a decision to make. You're not motivated. I don't want to do it right now. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. The neighbors are out gosh, I really just want to grab a seltzer and hang out in the driveway and watch the kids ride their bikes. And so you're stuck in this decision-making mode. If I, do I keep pushing for the goal? Do I keep working towards it? Or do I go, oh, I'll just get, I'll get it next month. It's not that big of a deal. Do you downplay it? Do you start to say, I'd rather be outside with my, my family. So I'm going to go do that. And then maybe you even say to yourself, okay, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to hang out with the neighbors. I'm going to watch the kids ride their bike. I'm going to come in. We're going to get them bathed, put them to bed. And then I'm going to sit down and finish my work for the evening. But what happens when you get the kids to bed and it was an extra long bath time and you stayed out too late talking to the neighbors and you're exhausted. And guess what? Some of your team members have already signed off for the night and you missed your window of opportunity. You're tired. Maybe you fall asleep on the couch. Your team checks out because you weren't there to answer their questions. And so you don't hit your goals and they don't hit their goals. And so there's that, that separator between you and other people. It's a decision that you have to make when you just don't feel like doing the work. You have to look at your vision board and you have to say, is my vision, are my goals worth it to me? Okay. So there are going to be a lot of times where you don't feel like doing the work. One of my favorite examples is it, the dead of winter in Western PA, it is dark for what I feel like more hours than it is actually light outside in the middle of winter. Saturday mornings when my littles were little, little, I would get up 
five o'clock in the morning, I would take myself into our makeshift office, which was the basement at that time with a teeny tiny little square glass block window. That was my only sunlight down in the basement, lock myself in the basement and I would get to work. And at five o'clock in the morning, it's cold and dark and everybody else is snug in their beds, right? I'm getting out of bed. My husband is in bed. He's nice and warm. The dog is in the bed. The boys are upstairs sleeping. And I have to make a decision to go to the basement and do the work. I don't feel like it. I want to be in bed with everybody else, snuggled up, staying warm in that in the dead of winter. But I'm looking at my vision. I'm looking at the vacations, the debt I want to pay off, the you know freedom that I want to have, the accolades that I'm working towards, the team that has shared their vision with me. And I know that by me getting up early and getting in these three hours of uninterrupted quiet work time before the rest of the house wakes up, I know that that's going to get me one step closer to my goal. I also know that it's going to allow me to get my work out of the way. So that by 8 a.m. in the morning, I'm done with my personal business and now I can be mom. And so I haven't I haven't really, you know, hindered any of our weekend plans because I got up and did the work before the rest of the family got up. Now, I don't feel like doing it, but I know that's the smartest decision if I want to have some life balance and I want to be present on the weekends with my family. So where in your life, the question for you, the reflection question becomes, where do you need to manage your motivation when it comes to, I just don't feel like doing the work? I just, when do you find yourself saying that? Self-awareness is always the key to change. So catch yourself, make a mental note. All right, every time I don't feel like doing it, I need to ask myself why, and I need to decide a different direction, a different choice that I need to take, all right? So that's really number one. I always say to myself, I am willing to do what others are not willing to do. So that I can have the life that is on my vision board. I will delay instant gratification for long-term success. A lot of times that delay of instant gratification has been, I will not spend the money on those shoes because we are saving. I will not buy that fancy car because we're paying off that debt. I will delay instant gratification of hitting the snooze button to get up and press play on my workout. I will delay you know, putting in a load of laundry until I send 10 invites. So delaying instant gratification for long-term success. Become aware. When are you gratifying versus saying, what do I need to do that is hard? Because nothing ever, we don't achieve greatness in, in our comfort zones, right? By avoiding, we achieve the greatness by facing what it is we need to do, whether it's comfortable or not, and doing it anyways. Okay, number two. Scenario number two, where we are going to need to manage our motivation. When somebody on your team or a stranger on the internet, and it could potentially be a family, friend, somebody that you know well, gives you any kind of negative feedback. I don't like your post. You're a bad leader. You know, you didn't recognize me. I, whatever, right? Any, any sort of negative feedback. I don't like what you're posting. I find it offensive. So- People, we're going to always have negativity that is going to come at us from all different directions. And so one of the things that I used to do, if I can be really candid and honest with you, is I used to actually say, 
oh, that person's speaking the truth about me. And so I would say, all right, what do I need to change? Withdrawal would would set in. I would withdraw from my team. I would withdraw from my social media. And so many people that I've worked with over the years, they've stopped posting about the business opportunity because Sarah down the street made a comment about, you know, oh, you know, all she does post about her business and how much money she's making and the fancy trips that she's on. Good for her. And so all of a sudden you stop posting about the things that were bringing you team members, that were bringing you go-getters. Why do we care about the opinion of Sarah down the street who is not in the trenches with us building a direct sales organization? She may not have any clue what it is that we do on a daily basis. And now we just gave Sarah the power to put the hammer down on our capacity, on our ability to make more money, on our ability to connect with the right people on our team. So before we take any criticism as truth, we have to remember this could potentially be somebody's opinion. I like to do a little self-reflection. So I ask myself, all right, if Sarah is making these comments, is it true? Is it true? Is it do all I post about is my business opportunity so that I can toot my own horn? Well, is there any truth to that? No. I Yes, I do post about the business opportunity, but I also talk about my kids. I also talk about my wellness journey. I also talk about my husband and our relationship and, you know, what we do to make sure that we keep it a healthy relationship. I talk about a lot of other things. So no, okay, she, that's false. I don't always talk about the business. Number two, am I tooting my horn? Go back, I read my posts and I say to myself, all right, I'm posting about what our family has been able to do because of this direct sales business because I want other women to know that they can do it too. If I read my post back to myself, I say it right in the post. I'm telling you this not to toot my own horn, but because I want you to know that it is possible for you to do it too. Let me show you how. And so again, her comment is more of a reflection of something she's uncomfortable with or doesn't have clarity on than it is about what I'm doing, all right? So that is really important to remember. So I always ask myself, is there any truth to the criticism? Is is it their opinion? I do some self-reflection. I look back at, is there anything that I can tweak in my messaging that I feel, is there any validity to what the person has to say? And then I sometimes will ask for feedback. So I may go to trusted people. My husband, Matt, do you feel like my posts have been all about me and tooting my own horn and I'm just talking about the business in a in an unprofessional way? He'll usually shoot me straight and tell me yes or no, okay? So I always get a little bit of feedback. And I then I make a decision of how I'm going to adjust if I'm going to adjust at all. And, and the worst thing that you can do when somebody gives you negative feedback is to stop. You can't stop. You can't shut down. When somebody gives you a, a feedback on how you're posting, what you're posting, the frequency, the minute you stop is the minute you give away your power. All right. The minute you so you can't stop, even when it's hard, even when you're dealing with some negativity, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. 
The worst thing you can do is kill your momentum and say, I need to take some time off. No, you don't need to take some time off. You got to work through it, right? It, you have to keep going. The only way you're going to push through is if you keep showing up. All right. Now, it's important that you navigate this. Why? Because somebody on your team is going to navigate through it too. And anytime we go through a scenario, we're able to then better support the people in our organizations, right? I've been there. I've done that. I've been through what you're going through. All right. Let's talk about the third one. The third one. How do we manage our motivation when somebody on our team quits? I'm pretty sure that there is nobody listening to this podcast that's immune to this, that hasn't had somebody quit either as a customer or as a team member. It happens to us all. And sometimes those people really do surprise us. So let's say this is the scenario. You have an up and coming leader who is actually crushing it in the business, hitting her volume goals recruiting working members to her team is, you know, contributing to the team page is sharing what they're doing, posting consistently on social media. And then one day they send you a message and it says, I need to talk. And instantly you go, oh crap, I know what this means. When somebody says, I want to talk about my business, that usually means they're going to quit. And so you get on the phone or, you know, they have a conversation with you through DMs and they say, you know what, I just, the business is too much. I'm really overwhelmed. I have three kids. I feel like I'm not being a good mom and, and I, I'm going to quit. And so instantly we internalize that. We internalize that. We say, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get anybody to sign up? I poured all this time and energy into this person and every week and weekly calls and tons of messages and they quit. And then we go down this rabbit hole of, I invested so much time. Am I ever going to find people that want to work the business? I, you know, I, you start to guard yourself. You're like, I'm not going to recruit anymore. I'm just going to focus on the products. I'm just going to grow my customer base, right? Maybe you start to look for reasons why your direct sales company doesn't work because you have to recruit people. And at the end of the day, let's face it, it doesn't matter what social selling business, network marketing, multi-level marketing company you are a part of, you, team building is a part of that, all right? Team building is a part of that and people are going to quit. So, how do we manage that? Number one, we need to understand that, okay, their decision is not meaning I'm a bad leader. That's step number one. I, If you have to tattoo that on your forehead, if it needs to be on the screensaver of your phone, if somebody makes a decision to quit, it's not, it doesn't mean you're a bad leader. You can't retreat. You can't retreat and say, I'm not going to recruit anymore, right? I'm not going to recruit anymore. I'm going to guard myself. I'm, it's hard for me to find working members to my team. So I'm just not going to recruit anymore. I'm just going to focus on the products. Again, wrong because you, you want to have like-minded people to do business and life with. So we have to keep going. Next, the third thing is let's ask some questions to that person before we just say, all right, fine, go ahead and quit. And then we just assume it's our fault. Let's ask some questions. What's making you feel overwhelmed? What's making you feel frustrated? And a lot of times if we ask good questions and we choose to be a listener, we can walk somebody through a scenario. So if Sally is telling me she's got three kids and they're really involved in sports and, you know, the business is stressing her out, she doesn't have a lot of time for it. I might say, Sally, do you still love what you do? 
you still love skincare? And if Sally says, yes, I love the products, then just say to Sally, is there a way, like, do you want to continue doing this? And if she says, yes, I do, then you say, all right, well, let's switch it up. Let's find a system that works for you. And maybe we slow it down a little bit. Maybe right now you're trying to do too many things too fast. And that's what's actually, that's what's making you feel overwhelmed and out of control, out of balance and alignment. And so then we can rework the goals. We can rework the goals. We can rework her time management and we can help her get a better outcome. And that can be really powerful because then we realize, oh, a lot of times it's just about having a conversation than it is about just allowing somebody to quit, all right? Now, what if somebody does quit? What if somebody does say, I'm out, I hate this business, I hate the model, your compensation plan sucks, I'm going to go over here to another network marketing company and I'm going to try to take all my team and my customers with me. Well, that's going to send us into a state of panic for most of us, right? Here's the thing. Again, you can't control what other people do. The thing you can control is your response. And that was... The same thing I just walked you through when somebody says they want to quit and you get on the phone with them and you talk to them and come up with an action plan. The same thing is true when somebody decides to go to another company. I am always going to encourage you to say, all right, that is fine if you choose to go somewhere else and you are unhappy here. I always say, you know, do you have any feedback for me as a leader? Is there anything I could have done differently? Even if I don't want to hear it, I ask it. Again, you might not be motivated to ask these questions. You might want to just swipe it underneath of the rug and forget that it ever happened, but you can't become a better leader if you don't ask these tough questions, all right? So if somebody quits, you ask anything I could have done differently, anything that, you know, in moving forward that would help somebody else coming into the business to be successful, any feedback for me, okay? Then if somebody quits, I do not stop recruiting, I do not become paralyzed by who else is going to leave to. I simply do my due diligence, remove them from pages, remove them from email lists, you know, any sort of damage control happens immediately. And then we move on. We just move on. I maintain positive face. I don't need to call attention to the person that is leaving or the negativity. I need to continue to lead. And if there are any seeds of doubt in the organization, that's where we as leaders don't cowardly take ourselves into the corner and hang out, but we got to stand up and address it. Here's what's going on. Here's how I'm leading through it. Here's my action plan, right? Who wants to do this with me? So that's the way when somebody quits, we manage our motivation. Where we might want to retreat, we need to step up and lead. Number four, we got to manage our motivation when we miss a rank, when we miss a benchmark and a goal. Here's the thing. You've probably heard me tell the story a million times about the day that I missed the leadership qualification by two weeks. And I was working so hard at getting my team to advance in rank. And I was down to the last week and I was working alongside of my success partners. And one of the three of us made it. One of the three of us made it to that rewards trip. And I had a decision to make in that moment. I could become so self-defeated that I stop 
mentoring my team to reach the benchmarks. I could stop inviting to build my own personal business. I could go dark on social media for 24 hours because I need to take a break and give myself time to process or, and this is what I did. I sat on the floor of my basement, cried for 10 minutes, whined to my mentor. She told me, Melanie, you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. I got up, I pressed play on my workout. I sweated it out. I probably said some choice words to Sean T at the time. And then I said to myself, all right, if I'm going to miss this goal, I'm going to work really hard while everybody's on that trip. And I'm going to invite to the opportunity and I'm going to follow up and I am going to build my community and post on social media. And so what I did was I chose to almost put it into high gear and increase my output where most people, when they miss a goal, they stop. They just They retract from their pods. They stop following up with their people that are working towards those benchmarks. They stop hosting the calls. They don't post on social media and momentum stops and everything slowly unravels. And so it's harder to start that engine again when you feel like you're starting over. In reality, I was like, come on, guys, let's keep going towards the goal. I, I Actually, my team will tell me that when I missed that benchmark, they had no idea that it was, I didn't get to go to a conference that I was working. I didn't let them know. I just kept going. And then the next week we hit the goal. And so I never shared with them until years later, what, what I was working towards. And you know what? People went on that rewards trip and they had a blast. And guess what? My business still grew. So you have to say to yourself, okay, I missed the benchmark, but I'm not going to let this kill the momentum I've already created to this point. Even if I achieve the goal a week later, let's keep going. Number five, number five, managing your motivation when you're comparing yourself to others. Have you ever said to yourself, I feel like I should be further along than I am right now? Have you ever said to yourself, I feel like I am working harder than everybody else in the room? When is my time coming? While I was away last week, I shared this story with some ladies while we were standing in the lobby after one of the one of the parties. And she talked about how the people in her pod were growing so much faster than she was. They were making so much more money and she felt like she was doing all the same things that they were doing and their momentum had just like kicked in. And when was her momentum going to kick in? And I remember very distinctly when that happened to me, I was in a group message thread with my upline and then her upline. And every week when we would get paid, we would share our income for the week. And they always were thousands of dollars more than I was. And they were not working as many hours as I was. Maybe they weren't as intense as I was back then. I just remember the work looked very different. I would say things like, I'm working so hard. When is my time coming? Why is it that I am recruiting so many people and investing so much time and they're making so much more money than I am? And this voice in the back of my mind kept saying, keep going, Melanie, your time is coming. The compound effect will take place. You are the sum of all of your daily efforts and practice. And so what happened is I watched as these women in my success pod, life happened to them. And then they pulled back and they pulled back and I just kept going. 
my momentum. I just kept going like the slow and steady wins the race, like the tortoise and the hare, right? They might've been out of the gate strong. They might've had really good momentum initially, but I was in it for the long game. And my consistent effort, eventually our incomes flipped and my income started to surpass and my rank started to surpass and my team started to grow bigger and faster and stronger because I was the pacer. I was the slow, steady, didn't phase me when life happened. I managed my motivation. I showed up when it was hard, when it was not easy, when all the cards were stacked against me because the vision of how I wanted my life to be different was so strong that I found a way to dig down super duper deep and keep going. So where are you at right now? I mean, are you looking around comparing yourself to everybody else? She's working, she, you know, she's got more diamonds than I have. Her income is growing faster. She went top 10 before I did. What about just looking inside and saying, how do I pace myself? How do I beat my personal best month after month after month? How do I become a better leader? Look at the skills you need to sharpen. So over the years, I would look inward at myself. Where do I need to be better? I became so self-aware of my blind spots. I would ask for that feedback because I want to improve. I genuinely wanted to improve. Okay, number six, last one, managing our motivation. Your income isn't where you want it to be. Now, I know I talked a little bit about this in comparing yourself to other people, but I want to talk about this in terms of like my income isn't where I want it to be because most people will look at a business and they will say, I have been in it for six months. I should be making this much money. I've been in it for two years. I should be making this much money. Or they look at their income compared to other people and they say, I should be way further along than I am right now. And my caution to you is it's not that your income is never going to grow. It's just that right now, this is where you're at. You never know what somebody else came into the business with. So somebody else might come into the business with a larger following, a larger warm market, a marketing background, somebody that's more social media savvy. And so they may see some success faster in the beginning. But you, if that's not your truth and it's not your story, don't take yourself out of the ring and think, oh, it's never possible. I want you to ask yourself, if my income isn't where I need it to be, what do I need to do? So this was me. I looked at the legs of my business because I'm in a binary compensation plan and I became really aware that if I wanted to build my income, number one, the first lever was I needed to sell more. I needed to sell more. And many of you right now are going, I need my team to sell more. I need my team. Yes, you need your team to do more, but you can do more. The one thing that's totally controllable is how many people you invite, how good of social media content you're doing, your follow-ups, your customer service, you're asking for referrals. Look at your blind spots. You're giving away your power because it's not happening fast enough for you, okay? So I initially was like, I'll take control of my income by taking control of my sales. Increased my sales, increased my income. Number two, I looked at my binary compensation plan and I started to go, duh, 
I can sign up everybody and their mother as a preferred customer, but I'm not going to make more money in my compensation plan by doing it that way. So whatever compensation plan you're a part of, do you know how you make money? Don't be just stacking warm bodies to stack warm bodies because that's going to help you get to this rank that you want to get to. Start looking at your volume. Start looking at what's going to help you make more money on a weekly basis. And so I started to go, all right, I can control my income by controlling how many people I invite to the opportunity. I can control my income by enrolling people who are excited in the opportunity as well. I can put them in a position in my binary organization where it's going to benefit me the most to place them. And so at all these levers, personal sales, how many people I invited to the opportunity, where I placed them, right? And then what I said to myself was, okay, what else can I leverage, right? So there's other things within your compensation plan you can leverage to get your income to where you want it to be. And so I just focused on getting really good at those key areas. Instead of going, woe is me, I'm on a dead leg and I don't have an upline sponsor that's working the business. Instead, I was like, what are my levers? How do I educate myself? What's my strategy? Okay, my upline's not doing business opportunity events. I'll do one, right? Or my my upline isn't hosting retreats. I'll host my own retreat. I just took, it was not a matter of woe is me. I just found a way to be motivated because I saw what the plan was and I saw the compensation and I just learned. So instead of looking at your business and saying it's not where it should be right now, the income's not where it should be, well, then what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sell more? And you're going to find more people to join your team and you're going to go about it in a different approach. Listen, you guys can learn from me in so many ways. If it comes to building your team and recruitment, you better be in the Rockstar Recruitment course. I mean, those testimonials, friends, from all different direct sales backgrounds, when you implement a plan and a structure and a mindset, which a huge part of what we do is about your mindset, you're going to see success. So get into that. And if you're somebody that's a leader and you're wanting to take your business to the next level, I want you to go back and I want number one, what's the motivation? Do you have the motivation? Do you have the drive? Do you have the desire to make a change? Great. That's awesome. If you don't have the motivation and the desire and the energy, you have to fix that first. Fix that first. You, the space between your ears is more important than any strategy or tool that I can teach you. But if you're in the right mindset and you're ready to run, you can either work with me privately through one-on-one -on -one coaching or my six-month leadership mastermind will open up in May. I'm actually telling you guys this for the for the first chance because I haven't told anybody else yet. So I'll drop the, the wait list for you in the comments. You can actually get on that wait list. But here's the thing, my friends, you're going back to what I said at the very beginning. We have to manage our motivation more than anything. There are going to be days in this life where you just don't feel like it. It would be so much easier to sit on the patio and read a book or take a nap or go for a walk, fold some laundry, rearrange the pantry than it is going to be to do the hard stuff. But it's when you do the hard stuff consistently that you build momentum. 
that you build character, you build grit, you lead from the front, your team sees you doing that. And they want to be a part of something that's moving in a forward motion. So friends, I want you more than anything to see that success is possible for you. But I need you to understand that it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be effortless and it's going to be riddled with errors and learning learning situations as you go through the process. But I will tell you, as somebody who's walked the walk and talked the talk, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. So self-awareness is number one. We got to be aware of when we're letting our lack of motivation dictate our output. Let's fix that. Let's come back to these six things I shared today as a constant reminder that we're not alone. We've all been there at one point or another. We've just chosen to go one way versus the other. All right, you guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today on the podcast. And I hope to see you back here for another week of the Women Inspiring Women podcast. I will see you soon. Let's go crush our motivation this week.